Thanks for downloading a 3CR podcast. 3CR is an independent community radio station based in Melbourne, Australia. We need your financial support to keep going. Go to www.3cr.org.au for more information and to donate online. Now stay tuned for your 3CR podcast. Dirt Radio. Organic. Friends of the Earth. Activism. Underground. Political action. Necessary. Wind farms. Indigenous struggles. Land rights. Anti-nuclear. Nanotechnology. Climate change. Coal barons. Mining magnates. Activists. Educating. Communities. Transforming. Communities. Mobilising a sustainable planet. Get involved now. Friends of the Earth. Friends of the Earth. Friends of the Earth. Dirt Radio. Good morning and you're listening to Dirt Radio on 3CR. I'm Jack, I'm hosting today, riding solo, Sam's not with us. Um, she hasn't passed away, she's just uh, doing some work overseas. Uh, the So today, I'd like to kick off by acknowledging that we are broadcasting on stolen Wurundjeri land of the Kulin Nation, and uh, sovereignty was never ceded. On the programme today, we have um, Anna Langford, who is Act on Climate campaigner, and is going to be talking with uh, Cam Walker of uh, the campaign's coordinator at Friends of the Earth and Aaron Moon, uh, the organiser of uh, the Maritime Union of Australia. And the discussions just regarding oil and gas infrastructure and decommissioning all of these legacy projects that have been going on in Victoria. Um, I'll t- give you to Anna and you take you away. G'day, Dirt Radio listeners. Um, my name's Anna and I am one of Friends of the Earth's climate justice campaigners. And um, today we're talking about a crucial piece of climate justice work which doesn't typically take centre stage um, in the climate movement but is emerging as a really important key new front line in terms of our existing fossil fuel infrastructure. Um, So the question we're going to be looking into is what happens Mm -hmm. when fossil fuel companies don't want to deal with their leftover offshore oil and gas infrastructure, um, drill rigs out in the ocean, etc. And what are environment groups and unions doing to fight back against it? So to talk about this today, we have Friends of the Earth's campaigns coordinator, Cam Walker, who has been a long-time um, campaigner against new gas extraction in Victoria. And we also have the Maritime Union of Australia national organiser, Aaron Moon. So welcome to you both. Thanks so much for coming on to have a chat about this. Um, So, yeah, of course, um, as we know, the chief work of the climate movement for a long time has been about stopping new fossil fuel projects and, um, you know, uh, shutting down existing ones and looking to plan for the most socially just way to transition out of those. Um, But today we're talking about the legacy that we also now have to deal with in the form of all the oil and gas infrastructure that we've already set up um, to drill for over the last, oh, quite a few decades now, really, um, around Australia. So I'm just wondering first if, Cam, you can kind of set the scene for us and talk, talk about, like, what's the history of how oil and gas companies have dealt with this infrastructure and um, what is the new decommissioning levy that's been brought in? 
Yep, sure. So we know that we have a massive offshore oil and gas industry. Uh, we have something like 2,000 offshore wells and we have about 30 platforms at present. And we know that we have thousands of kilometres of seabed pipelines that bring the resource uh, onshore or to a point where it can be processed. Um, now, a lot of that infrastructure is nearing the end of its life. So the CSIRO has said there's at least 3,500 kilometres of underwater sea uh, pipeline that uh, is nearing the end of its life. And we know that particularly in Bass Strait, the resource is in rapid decline. So all of these materials that have been built, these industrial complexes, these structures, these drill regs, these decompression decompre uh, uh uh, facilities, they all need to be removed at the end of their life. And uh, what has happened in recent years is there were some fields uh, in the Timor Sea and the company responsible for decommissioning the rigs up there basically went into liquidation and the costs of the rehabilitation work fell to the taxpayer. Now, we know that our offshore oil and gas industry is generally owned by mega corporations that really are often very poor in their industrial relations in terms of how they relate to workers and they're very uh, poor in terms of their environmental management and often they don't pay a fair share um, of their use for the resources. So it's entirely inappropriate that the cost of the rehab rehabilitation come back to the taxpayer. And in a really surprising move in May 2021, the Morrison government actually put on a 48 cents a barrel levy across the entire offshore industry, basically to pay the costs of remediation on the two failed operations in the Timor Sea. And uh, that was to cover what was estimated to be about a billion dollars of remediation. And so a campaign has gone since then to make this temporary levy a permanent levy to make sure that as the corporations leave, as they start to shut down their operations, us, the taxpayers, aren't left to pay the bill. Mm, yeah, thanks so much for um, setting the scene on that, Cam. Um, it's definitely, I think, not something that's um, been at the forefront of things we uh, talk about on the whole in the climate movement. So um, it's a really, uh, it was a really random, interesting move to see the Morrison government um, initiate that. And uh, yeah, going back to what you mentioned about um, the company's generally poor records on other areas as well, like worker health and safety, um, there was a protest a couple of weeks ago by some young Maritime Union of Australia delegates um, about offshore infrastructure being abandoned. And uh, I might throw to you, Aaron, to fill us in on what that was about and what happened. Yeah, so that, uh, firstly, thanks for having us on. Um, uh, that process, uh, that protest was uh, about, well, it was targeting NOPSEMA, which is the uh, National Offshore Petroleum uh, Safety and Energy um, uh, Authority, which um, they cover the safety, the health and safety in the offshore oil and gas industry. Um, for a long time, they've been pretty inactive in regards to health and safety, and it's it's largely been at the whim of uh, companies, uh, and it's only been pressured by union that's able, unions that have been able to make um, significant gains to ensure that workers working in that industry are able to come home safely. It is a dangerous industry. We know that. Um, 
And so the protest was targeting NOPSEMA, but not only for their um, lack of energy around uh, prosecuting health and safety claims, but also because they are the authority that is responsible for enforcing um, the that offshore oil and gas companies remove all of that infrastructure. So when the Act was set up in, I think it was 1967, that um, the governs it, they were given that authority. So historically, they've not um, placed the... Uh, owners back on the companies to go through and complete their obligation uh, in ways of removing that. And that's why we saw what we've seen up in um, the uh, Team or C. So we uh, understand now that ESO has um, a significant amount of uh, platforms that are either disused now or uh, set to be disused in the, um, uh, in the coming future. Uh, I think it was something like 5,700 kilotons of waste um, that sits out in the Bass Strait currently um, controlled by both ESO and BHP originally, but I think BHP sold their um, shares of it to Woodside, which is another massive multinational uh, company. Uh, so all that is sit there, sitting there set to go. And ESO's one is probably the one that was most alarming to us at the time because they put in their environmental plan that stated that they were... Um, considering multiple options as to how they um, uh, approach their end of life of their infrastructure. And one of them was that they just cut it off at 50 metres and then dump it in the sea. Um, another one was remove it fully um, and and recycle it onshore, which is uh, the preference of the union. Um, so uh, the fact that they, they make it very clear they haven't made a decision as to which way they're going to go, but they did put in uh, to a separate authority applications for sea dumping licences to be able to dump their disused infrastructure. So uh, once uh, we uh, got caught wind of that, um, we were having our Young Workers Conference uh, in the end of August and um, uh, NOPSEMA has a, a um, office in the city of Melbourne and the conference moved to go down and protest NOPSEMA yeah. and tell them that uh, it should be union workers that take that stuff out of the ocean uh, restore it to its uh, original position and then take it all ashore and recycle it here uh, correctly and properly and, and done safely. So uh, as Cam said, it, much of it has been disused uh, for a period of time and neglected. Uh, so it does create additional safety concerns around how we do it. So just cutting it off and dropping it is not acceptable. It needs to be done by professionally trained seafarers and, and maritime workers to be able to remove it safely. Mm, yeah, yeah, that was so cool to see all those young delegates gathering outside the office with that fake uh, offshore piping <laughs> prop. <laughs> when I was new to Melbourne, I found a footnote bombs fly on the road and I had like this fist with a carrot and carrots are my favorite vegetable. Yeah, I think they were asking for help doing stuff and I got in touch. We, I guess, rescue food. That would otherwise go to waste. I like the aspect of sharing food and um, not making anyone feel obligated to pay anything for it. We make a real point at footnote bombs of involving everyone who wants to be involved in whichever part they want to be involved in. For more information, go to fnbmelb.noblogs.org. Food Not Bombs is a 3CR supporter. Food Not Bombs. 
You're listening to Dirt Radio on 3CR. Now for the second part of the interview of Anna, Cam and Aaron discussing the legacy of oil and gas infrastructure in Victoria. Um, For people that are kind of just hearing about this for the first time, like what are some of the dangers um, for those workers that have to clean up the infrastructure when it's been abandoned for longer than it should be? It becomes dangerous just because of the state of it. So it can't be... Um, as easily uh, disassembled as it was assembled. There is a lot of rust and deterioration that means that the lifts to be able to take it and put it back onto the vessel become significantly more different, uh, difficult. It, it, I mean, it's a dangerous industry because you're out in the ocean anyways, so even dismantling a brand new facility would be difficult and dangerous, but uh, the ter- deterioration and the ability to uh, remove it and then the um, not only the the danger to uh, our members and the workforce, but also the danger to um, the ocean and the environment because of the neglect. Uh, there could be any sort of number of spills or um, breaches that would uh, potentially spill any leftover fluid into the ocean. Mm, yeah, for sure. No, yeah, even in best case scenario, it does sound like really intense work. Um, and uh, I'm guessing uh, the companies involved also don't have the shiniest history in terms of um, worker OH&S? No, no, certainly they don't. They're companies that um, uh, we fight with on a regular basis just to get something as simple as uh, safe crewing levels um, and uh, safe operating hours, which are, I mean, the operating hours are regulated under an international code, but still they try and stretch that every time and they're already at their, their length. So they're not uh, not traditionally companies that care about workers. Yep, good old classic story of company both against <laughs> environmental and social justice. Um, and, yeah, I guess, like, with the levy being brought in, um, Cam, as you said before, it's uh, only a temporary one, but... Um, have you got a sense of like how industry reacted to it and um, the likelihood of it's being extended? I think it's fair to say the industry hated it. Um, the industry body appear came out very strongly against it. We understand they lobbied against it um, publicly. They say they strongly oppose it and they would prefer that if there are any outstanding issues that basically the taxpayer pay for them through using unspent petroleum resource rent tax. They have credits that they'd like to use if there are any future shortfalls. So uh, they will continue to lobby uh, to see the levy uh, basically um, go into a sunset clause um, so it disappears. Um, We have a new parliament, of course, so this occurred under the previous government and there were a number of champions like Rex Patrick, um, uh, who is now going to be gone as a senator, um, and he was quite a champion for the idea of making the tax permanent. So we're in new waters. We have an ALP government that you would hope would understand the value of making it permanent. And um, equally, you'd expect that the Greens would back it, given it will be uh, bringing good outcomes for workers. It will ensure that uh, the work is done properly and safely and done as union jobs, and it will ensure that the environmental impacts of um, those older uh, rigs and other infrastructure, as they are decommissioned, that the environmental impacts are minimised. Yeah, and I guess uh, because, of course, it is going to be such a long-term project, um, I guess for both of you, is your hope that the 
levy being extended would really be able to um, kind of seal in those like long-term good union jobs with um, benefits and all the proper health and safety protocols met. Yeah, certainly we would hope that uh, that would, anything that assists uh, maintaining good union jobs um, is going to be supported by us every day of the week. Um, The other, I guess the other thing about this levy as well is if, if we allow uh, offshore oil and gas companies to dump all their infrastructure, say in the Bass Strait, which has just been dedicated as a uh, offshore energy zone. Um, mm. If all that is there, there's going to be complications in trying to uh, lay down the foundations to build these offshore wind farms that could potentially provide renewable energy uh, to a significant portion of Victoria. Um, I, I know that uh, in the Gulf of Mexico, where almost certainly the same companies at the end of the life of those platforms just cut them all off and dropped them into the ocean. Uh, they're now looking at um, trying to use that area as an offshore wind zone. And what, we, what we're seeing is that there are um, additional complications now because they can't um, access the seabed floor or the seabed to be able to to do that. So they're, they're now discovering that um, uh, it was not the right idea to to just dump it at sea. Um, so this levy will go a long way in ensuring that we can set Australia and, well, Victoria and also, I guess, Australia up uh, for a future of renewable energy that is uh, sustainable over the long term. Mm, yeah, yeah ab- wow. And sorry, you go, Cam. Absolutely. I was going to say uh, another thing is this decommissioning work, which will take years and is an enormous amount of work. Um, Appier itself says there's probably $60 billion worth of re, uh, remediation work that's going to happen over the next 30 years. It will provide a really important uh, breathing point for us in terms of employment as we develop the offshore wind sector. So we see um, ensuring proper remediation of the offshore oil and gas industry provides us opportunities to provide same sector work as we get the offshore wind uh, industry going and hopefully creating thousands of new jobs there. Mm. And um, Cam, do you think because this will be kind of precedent setting in terms of how energy infrastructure offshore is dealt with, um, it also will set up kind of a good precedent for when, you know, the offshore wind turbines, the first round of those reach the end of their life and the industry will be also required to deal with that. We would hope so. Um, We're very aware of the fact that the Australian Institute of Marine Science is still looking into um, how you maximise the ecological benefits of rehabilitation, and we would expect those lessons to be carried over into the development of the offshore wind industry. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, it's definitely these are the years to set up best practice renewables projects for the future. Um, We're actually pretty much almost at time, I think, Um, but it's just been really, really fascinating to chat to you both. And um, well, I want to ask both of you if people are interested in knowing more about this or um, supporting further action, either by the MUA or Friends of the Earth, um, where are the best places for them to go oh look we uh when we when we when we're doing actions and whatnot we uh providing their plan adequately and not uh, snap actions like the last one was we uh oft, we will try and cast our net as far and wide to as many supporters as possible so just i guess be on the lookout um we've active on social media quite often um but just through other networks um uh so uh, green networks and uh, union networks uh, 
people will know and hopefully hopefully we can show up. And I think if you just do a web search for Friends of the Earth Offshore Gas Levy, you should be able to find our campaign landing page. Awesome. Thanks so much both. And, uh, yeah, encourage everyone to check both those places out for future updates on this work um, because I think it's going to grow to be, yeah, quite a key piece of climate justice and workers' rights um, work over the next few years. Um, so, yeah, Cam and Aaron, it's been awesome to have you on. Thanks so much for the chat. Cheers. Thank you very much, Anna. Thanks, Cam. Thanks, both of you. Do you have a few children's picture books or footy boots that your kids have outgrown but want to find them a loving home? Well, drop them in at 3CR and put them in the Books and Boots bin. Books and Boots regularly sends pre-loved children's picture books and sports footwear to remote and regional First Nations communities and children across the country. Contact us at Books and Boots or go to the website www.booksandboots.org.au We love a good book. You're listening to Dirt Radio on 3CR. That was an interview with Anna Langford, Cam Walker and Aaron Moon of um, Act on Climate, the campaigns coordinator at FOE Australia and Maritime Union of Australia organiser, respectively. That was a discussion on oil and gas infrastructure and its decommissioning levy that was in, uh, introduced by the Morrison government. I will put all of the information in the uh, podcast notes that you can find on the 3CR website.